Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready. We're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. This is episode 146. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. This is Code of Honor, boys. Code of Honor. Always wonderful. One of the best episodes. Uh, I was very excited to find out I was the one captaining this, because as you know, I don't really look at the schedule before the show starts. I know I'm really bad about that, but it seems to work for me. Well, and you're the one who brought the scheduling tool to us. I know, and I always... we like it so much, um, so I need to have somebody take over, I think. I know, I do need to spend some more time, because you know, I need to do what you guys have done for the past two and a half years. Put the schedule together the way I want it. <laughs> well, absolutely. Okay. Because we've, uh, uh, there's only, I think, uh, 20 more episodes currently on the production schedule. Really? Oh, yeah, I definitely in, need to get in, in there. In the tool, in the Trello tool. Yeah. So I need to have somebody uh, pick up at uh, 162 and keep going. Holy mackerel. I th- well, when, when I originally wrote the thing out years ago, we had so much fecundity and ideas it, we had, what, two years planned, and we're yeah. almost finished with that well, plan? No, because I have not moved everything from your original document oh, schedule okay. so that's, to the trail. So that's what we need to okay. do. I, I, will, pull, I will see if I can I thought we had more in. time for that. Yes, okay. I think yeah. we had out to almost 200 lined out, or at least to 180. Yeah. So I think there's another I mean, 20 well, episodes. Well into 2023, yeah. Yeah. So there, there are well, things that just need to be translated, and I haven't done it yet, haven't, or transferred to the new tool. So now that... Francis is got his Trello running. He could also add them as well. Yeah, yes, but I think we straggled. I think we should, as far as adding things to Trello, Mm -hmm. other than transferring, you boys need to take a break. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. I will do that. (laughs) Well, and if you want to take over the transferring. And shuffle them around. I need to do some more of that that. because, one, I need to take on, you know, fair share of my responsibilities. Uh, But also to squeeze in some of my, uh, well, the boys are indulging me this week. But you again never do and that again and again and again and again. I mean, I don't know. We indulged you guys, one of both of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, for like you know a year straight, it seemed. So uh, we, were, we were putting stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah. That we liked. So uh, not that I'm complaining. I'm just pointing out that because you, you could have you could have indulged at any time. Well, you, you know, that would time. that would require me to actually do prep work, and you know that seems to go against what I have been <laughs> how I have been. Uh, Taking my part in this show. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, how would. <laughs> I, uh, I do like the Trello tool that you brought us, Robert. Yeah, it is. It, it is great. It works really nice for what we're doing. Yeah. They're really it, helpful. Really nice visual of what's been accomplished, what is yet to come. Yeah, um, it, it's an agile tool, basically. Essentially, and, yes. Yeah. Uh, for, and it helps collect meta themes and things like yes, that. Yes, yeah. it, 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 it really is great to run through. And uh, so Trello, uh, the check needs to be made out to snakes and otters, uh, and you know, just send it uh, send it to us. That's right. We just did some free advertising. You know, yeah, we, we've never done that. We never like started snakes and otters LLC so that we can start accepting payments. That's true. That's are, true. Are we gonna? Are we gonna incorporate in the Seychelles or someplace? Right, Canary Islands. Yeah. Oh, Panama, yeah, yeah. someplace with some banking secrecy. Laws. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving we'll, it. Offshore accounts. Shell. Yeah, we, you know, we don't want our real names attached, but no crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no crypto. Well, if we get crypto, let's dump it immediately. Well, yes, yes. Because you know, you get it, and then you can turn it into cash money. Um, well, turn it into gold and silver, and you know, there you go, stuff like that, because that stuff. 
because you know paper money i don't have a whole lot of stock in that but that's way more a rabbit hole than i want to go so, into. so you're not really ready to like start dumping snakes and outers funds into ipos or anything right uh not just yet okay not just yet uh, I, I guess it would depend con- on the ipo i'm a very conservative investor so that's not usually where i go yeah you know, it really depends uh, uh, on which one we're talking about. So, long-term growth rather than immediate cash out. Exactly. Well, you know, we need to we need to plan for retirement. Uh, yeah. Although, you know, if we cash out enough, we could retire. This is my this is my retirement plan. I'm hoping this turns into something. <laughs> I'm all hoping right. that you know all these uh, these influencers they're you know they turn these things into television shows and. That sounds like an awful lot of work, though. MC you know, jobs and stuff like that. Hey, I, you know, I, I want to MC a game show. I don't know. I'm kind of oh, there. You kind go. of comfortable sitting right where we're at. You know, you're down here in the real snakes the, the and otters studio of M. Kentucky. You know, yeah, here in the here in Studio M. You're, yeah, you're the comfy good. chairs and yeah. couches. Yeah, this is it. Ain't it ain't hard, boys. It's just just all you got to have is a fertile brain. Well, we I hope got that's that. not what she said. <laughs> we haven't done a sexual innuendo joke in a long time, and of course it's going Three to be episodes, my expense. Four episodes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. right, y'all, y'all, y'all. All right. Well, well I mean, you laid that one out there. Right? It, was, it was there. You had to use. Yeah, it. I understand I had, that. Yeah, I had that's to. right. All right. So, code of honor. Code of honor. That's right. Um, Palette cleanse, boys. Yes. Captain's uh, getting us back on. You track. know, five minutes into it, uh, and we're finally getting back to what we we're talking about here. So, code of honor, uh, where we each pick a quotation, uh, something we uh, either really admire. Uh, really want to live by, or just think it's pretty damn funny. And, and uh, today... Uh, sometimes I, a little... Sometimes all of those, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Combination. It can be funny and still be something to live by. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, I think those are the best. Yeah. And uh, so I've decided uh, at, at uh, Francis's urging to make Martin go first. Excellent. All right, so I am uh, going uh, to the Founders... Uh, with this one. So Samuel Adams. Excellent. And he was quite the, what would you call it, agitator? Firebrand. Firebrand, yeah. agitator. Great uh, brewer, too. Yes. I like to tump things over. Um, and 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 was, uh, would you call it an iconoclast? Would that be an apt description? Um, he's become one in, yeah. a, in a very loose way. I mean, he's not actually smashing icons, but no. But he was very much about smashing British rule. I mean, he yeah. was he was one of the uh, more radical of the founding fathers. Yes, he, he aligned more along the Patrick Henry uh, group. Yeah, that was very very radical. Yeah, he was less Thomas concerned too, with yeah. uh, with the governing after so much as just getting rid of the British. That's right. Uh, he would have been a great libertarian. Yes, Just get out of here. Quite yeah. the, quite the. Uh, get back across the pond and leave us alone. Yeah, the guiding light of libertarians for sure. I think. Um, so my quote is: "It is a very great mistake to imagine that the object of loyalty is the authority and interest of one individual man, however dignified by the applause or enriched by the success of popular actions." Ooh. So I really love. Do that, that one again. You want to hear it again? Well, yeah, it's, it's a bit it's, long. It's long, yeah. You got to do it but, again. So, yeah, I think you need to do that one again, but yes. it's a good one. Well, and it's it's in that great eloquence of the colonial period, yes. the revolutionary period, the, the very, these are very learned men, even sometimes self-taught yes. learned men. So, Samuel Adams, 
It is a very great mistake to imagine that the object of loyalty is the authority and interest of one individual man, however dignified by the applause or enriched by the success of popular actions. You know, so much of the political history of many nations is tied to a that cult of personality Yes. That one man, that you guys, your favorite, one man with a vision. And here's this patriot saying, nope, it's not about one person. No matter what all that person does, how successful he was. No matter how much others admire him. Yes, it's mm-hmm. not about that. It, it mustn't be about yes. that. I'm not sure, not to say it hasn't been. Yes, but it the mustn't object be. of loyalty must be to the systems that we put in place here. To, to this, to this nation, to this unity of all of us, to the people, that's who the authority comes from, not from that one person, no matter how successful or how much you appreciate. Because success is a nebulous term anyway. Oh, yes. You know, any president can say I was a success. Were you? Oh, don't hit your wagon to that one person's success, no matter how much you appreciated what was accomplished. That's what Hitler tried to do, basically. He, As the Fuhrer, his cult of personality around him, you were loyal to him. Well, that's the, the standard well, and, MO. And, and he went right. even farther yeah. because he made it explicit. Correct. The, right. the army, at one point had to swear allegiance to him, not to the German nation or to the German people, as it had been in the past, but you swore allegiance to, to the Hitler. Fuhrer. That's yes. right. Adolf well, Hitler. That's the... But, you know, up until Hitler, uh, and certainly still to an extent afterwards, uh, on the uh, despot side of the, the political spectrum, uh, the, that is the norm. Uh, that's where do you think we get divine right of kings? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the same thing. You know, the king is the country. I am the state. That's I am the state, as Louis said. And Say it in French for me, please. I can't. I don't... Le estate es roi? I believe that's correct. Something close? Okay. With that little bit of a southern accent there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Bourbon. Yes. But, you know, that's... uh, That cult of personality has always been the norm up until we get to the United States. Uh, you know, I think the United States starts to change that. Yeah. Well, that's why uh, because so we are the only. But he is also warning that it can happen here. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Because you know it, it, we're still in our fledgling infancy there. You know we're we're not even born when when he becomes the rabble rouser that he is. We're still uh, trying to uh, to climb out of the uh, the, uh, the womb of, of Britain, uh, so to speak, and. The womb? The womb, yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, that it really was the norm. Because you, you power coalesced around the one who was willing to seize it. And that's what the systems were based on. The United States was the first system built upon a, uh, the, the uh, intentional, peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. It's, Since Rome. Roman, well, yes, 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 that's right. I yes, mean, um, uh, and because even to a degree, the Venetian republics are, or the the other Italian republics are, are the city states. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're well, not even really 
transferring power. To, I mean, they they lasted for the extent of one person. Well, and then either that poof, or they were know, gone again. Passed to the family uh, to a family member. Yeah. Uh, in the case of Florence. Yeah. Uh, but even so, it's still not. It's not even. A, it's not always a peaceful transfer. And since it's a designated heir, it's still not really a transfer of power. It it's isn't. a continuance of the previous regime in yeah. many ways. That's right. Uh, so, but it, so certainly their experience is they are. Well, they're not even at this point. They're not removed even from somebody like Napoleon. That becomes part of their experience, right? Thirty well, yeah, years later. That's, yeah, that's what well, Napoleon is actually a very great example of this because when he comes back from Elba. Um, the coalition, of course, rises again against him. They declare war on him, not on the state, not on France, not on France, and that's that's and that's a very very important point here, yeah. because he is seen as a usurper, which he kind of always kind of an international criminal by that point. by that point. They were willing to give him a pass before and send him into quote unquote honorable exile on Elba, where he was considered to be the head of state. He was able to. It, it, he was. He was given that, and once he proved false with that, once no, once he didn't keep his word, and came back, that's when they said, "All right, you were the problem," and that's why they sent him to He's a little. He's well, well, yeah, they they sent him to a little shithole of an island out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean that you just can't, you know, with nothing but dampness and rats, and a British say, governor. Say well, I was going to say it's not unlike some parts of England. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, but this quote. No offense to our British brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's right. Certainly, there are many, many historical episodes and, and historical figures. He's influenced by all of that, but I, I think this also means a lot today. Oh, I have a question. I, I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that should be printed at the top of ballots. Uh, before every national oh, yeah. election. Whether you're talking Hillary or Obama or Trump or AOC. I mean, certainly, admittedly, the first person that I think of reading that is, is Trump. Absolutely. Because like, a great deal of his support is... The cult of personality. It's a, it's a, it's a popular... It's what populism is built on, is this one person who can claim some measure of success right. and adoration, and therefore you should... Always support me, no matter what I do. Right. In a way, it's 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 almost like a, uh, a kinder, gentler version of uh, this divine right of kings notion, mm-hmm. where uh, you know God has ordained me to be this, therefore you must follow me. Instead, it's you know, wow, I'm so really great that you should follow me. Yeah, tremendous. And well, it's Steve Jobs is a very similar type of thing. Too. Oh yes, yes, it's, exactly, yes. it's exactly the same thing. At, well, you know, practically anybody, uh, Elon Musk. Yes, that's correct. He's got the same cult of personality Very much so. going on. And, and a lot of those things are, are imitatable just for that reason. Elizabeth Holmes is a great example. She tried to be the new Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my Lord, you want to talk about a mess. Oh, what yeah. a disaster. That whole thing, yeah. She made a great, giant mess. Yeah, absolutely. Sucked a lot of people into her gravity. Uh, all for that naked ambition that she had to be... This something, this billionaire, which you know, for one brief shining moment she was, and then all of a sudden you realize it's a complete Ponzi scheme. It's not even that; it's it's just it's false. It's a popcorn a fart. A popcorn, popcorn fart. Wow, that's very. Dry. Write that down. That needs to that that needs to be put somewhere in the lexicon. Popcorn fart. 
That's, that's a, a that's a Caddyshack. That's a Rodney Dangerfield. I don't remember that one. Uh, is it, so is that buttered popcorn or is it, you know kind of pop? Well, it, it, well, if it's, butter certainly contributes. Well, yeah, that, that's a less dry version. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So oh, rabbit hole. But yeah, it's it's definitely one that. Uh, should ne- it's a lesson that should yeah. never ever be forgotten. Right, and, and uh, I am I am a person that I, I feel like takes a middle course on everybody feels like they take a middle course on, on well <laughs> on this on Trump in particular. Like I don't to me he's not this giant outlaw figure, uh, you know. But I I also see this side of it of he cultivates this idea of I'm so awesome I can't make a mistake. Right. You have to follow me, and people will buy into that. What, what's amazing to me, as far as the Trump movement uh, goes, is that you've got somebody who is a billionaire, uh, has made money off of uh, deals and, and, and even how he gets out of paying his debts uh, with the multiple bankruptcies and what have you, uh, in a way that the common people who support him have absolutely no connection to. Yeah. Uh, either enable the ability to understand. I mean, we're all pretty damn smart. And I don't think any one of us could really detail in any co- coherent way how the man has made his money. Uh, because it's just a. It, it's, it, on the one hand, it's a black box, but on the other hand, it's just so nonsensical. He to make money even when he fails. Right. Yeah. Which and, some people say, well, that's just good business. It's like, well, that's a little shady. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not about to devote any of my mental real estate to. Such issues like that. Sure, so sure. I, yeah. But my point I, is, though, it's we could figure it out if we really wanted to. Though. How does how do these people relate to him other than yeah. he tells them he, he's great? Yeah, and they and believe it. You know, again, the and maybe he is. I elections don't know. are generally a binary choice. Yes, you often have to hold your nose and vote for the person you have the least disdain for. And I can intellectualize that and get there when I need to. But it doesn't lessen my disdain for the cult of personality uh, or, or, you know, P.J. O'Rourke put it, and I'm probably using a quote I shouldn't use, I should save for later, but it's a very similar expression of the same idea, and it's just a very straightforward, um, let's see, I think I have it in my notes here, but uh, it's just... You know, the adoration of a head of state is a grim transgression against republicanism. Hmm. Small r, republicanism. Right, right, right. right. Uh, the adoration of a head of state. Ador- yeah, I like that. I like so that. So that's that's a, a more straightforward expression of the same idea. Yeah, he was definitely channeling Sam there. Yeah, so I really love that one too. Uh, you know, that, like that's I said, probably, I probably a better one. have saved it. Yeah. Well, no, but you know what? That's probably a better version of that same quote because it's essentially saying the same thing. Yes. Uh, but it's more understandable and doesn't take so long to, to parse through your to head. To get through there, yeah. <laughs> a desire to adore a head of state is a grim transgression against republicanism. And I yeah. think at, its, at, at the root, that's what I feel like I am. I, I want to feel like I am a defender of small r republicanism. Right. The, the republic despite its flaws, is the best form of government possible. Right. Well, or as somebody once said, it's the worst form of government except for all of the All others. the other ones. Uh, you know, people say that democracy, blah, blah, blah. you know, <clears throat> I think even better than a constitutional monarchy is the republic. It is the form of government that works. The thing to guard against 
is it is possible for someone to emerge after popular success as someone to be adored. And it's easy to desire that, you know, desire to adore them. Easy to appreciate their accomplishments and successes. But remember, we need, we, we need for that person to walk off the stage, but we also need to desire that that person yes. walks off the stage. It's important for the long-term health of the Republic. You have to pull a Washington. Yeah. And, and we have to want that. We yeah. have to want Washington to leave. We have to want Eisenhower to be done and leave. Yes. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. The, the problem is the, the person who is, is being adored has to want to leave. And I don't just mean leave office. I mean shut up and go home. Leave the stage. Leave the stage. Leave the stage. Traditionally, that's what most presidents have done after they have left office mm -hmm. is... Certainly for the first several years, they don't comment yeah. on their successor. That has not been true for the last two uh, outgoing office holders. Yep. And that's a dangerous thing because all it does is gin up the hatred and the animosity. And part of that's because the last two have been adored beyond, I don't say beyond their station, That's. but beyond... What you know, is what's correct and proper. proper? Yeah, and that's that's an interesting point because that his surprisingly it feels like Obama's so far in the past. It's easy to forget. There, I mean, there was a lot of adoration. I oh, mean, there absolutely. was. There, I mean, there. So I mean, I want to be equal in criticizing here. We're gonna criticize Trump. Let's criticize Obama too. It, it it's two sides of that same coin. I mean, there were people. He would make these pronouncements, the oceans are going to heal, but people also fed into that. Right. They, well, they he won loved a Nobel that. Peace Prize for getting elected. Yeah, essentially for, for being popular enough to get elected, to get enough votes. There were no real accomplishments behind that award. You know what this is, don't you? You know what this is. Pagan idolatry, man. Pagan idolatry. idolatry. Well, yeah. Well, seriously, I mean, I'm, it is. I'm making that... That kind of is a joke, but that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what you're talking about here. It's exactly what Colonel Kurtz was doing uh, in Apocalypse Now. It's pagan idolatry. Literally, they enough people are giving this reputation to a particular mm -hmm. person based solely on the adulation or idolatry. That's what they're doing. They're idolizing this person. How the hell does that happen? Well, it's it's circle jerk. In this way. It's an Ouroboros circle jerk. It's the tail. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's a, it I'm is like the it. head really? eating the tail. Okay? Yeah. That's the Ouroboros. And it is the... It, it both feeds and grows from this demonizing the enemy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is, it is two sides of the same coin. Because... You know, you latch on that enemy, whether it's Trump or Obama, or Biden or AOC or Hillary or John McCain or whoever, doesn't matter. Uh, when you latch onto that singular enemy, it's usually because you've got a singular savior. Yeah, which is what Colonel Kurtz does in the movie. Yeah. Right. It's it's always important mm -hmm. to remember that these people, no matter their accomplishments, they're only humans, and humans suck. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, you know, as the heathen likes to remind us, we are fallen creatures. Yes. Right? 
uh, which, you know, most heathens would not be willing to admit that. We are fallen creatures, we are sinful, um, and pride, hubris, our favorite hubris, word, that's right, that's right. Is, is the root of that. And I was just listening uh, to our last Code of Honor, and we, we covered some of this very same ground, so I thought this would plug right in and flow from that last episode. Well, you know, I, that, that's just a phenomenal quote, uh, especially as we head into this election year. It's a good thing to remember. Yeah. It's almost a shame you didn't save that for, like, October. <laughs> well, you know, inspiration comes where it comes. Yeah. That's true. It does. Yeah. It does. So it, it definitely and, You know, it, this is in the cloud, so it lives forever. Uh, hopefully people will come back to this uh, the, next October and The and internet re-listen. is forever, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I think that brings us to Francis. Because, as we know, Robert goes last. Robert goes last. Yes, the hammer. Uh, totally different. Totally different. And now for something completely, completely different. different. That's right. It has, uh, and it's, but is it different? No, actually it is. Human wisdom this is, I'm going is a thread. I know, but uh, mine is totally not political at all. Uh, or even, Everything's political. Or even, well, I said... Yeah, yeah. That's about Just Orwell. Stay, yes. That's another, that's another I got. I'm Just, saving that one you're too. Saving that one. All right. Yeah. Well, so in, Martin's being the contrarian again. In, <laughs> in honor of our next episode, which is on G.K. Chesterton, I'm pulling a, a Chesterton quote. We've not used Chesterton in Code of Honor, I'm, which oh, is shocking considering we're 146 episodes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've never yes. done Chesterton. This just makes no sense to me. Uh, and, there's, and there's a gazillion. You can, I mean, my God, the man is one of the most quotable individuals. We, uh, Robert and I were talking about that earlier. Uh, he's like Mark Twain in many ways. He's got this acerbic bite to him with this humor yeah. and yet this profundity that's just yes. freaking amazing. He dealt in aphorisms. Yeah, very much uh, so. Much like a, a Nietzsche or something, but just on the other side right. of the Well, fence. you know, he's not that far removed uh, in, in history from Nietzsche. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, Twain. yeah. or Twain. Or you know, Twain. Uh, you know, you go Twain, Nietzsche, uh, uh, Chesterton as far as the timeline but although Twain covers uh, he was, he was his contemporary, contemporary with yeah. both of them really because he, he lived longer than uh, than Nietzsche but uh, you know it, it, it's of an era mm-hmm. is basically we talk talking about an interesting dinner party oh my gosh Mark Twain on one side of the table Frederick Nietzsche on the other and then the three of us sitting there with Chesterton. With Chesterton. Yeah, you, gotta have Ch- you, gotta have, you gotta have GK. That's a big table. Big yeah. table. That's, six that's, people. Be all right. Well it, some of those guys are pretty big. GK's no small man. So, I mean, we'd have to really lay out the barbecue. We would, yes. You think, oh, now, I think GK you think would, Nietzsche would eat that. pulled pork? GK, I guarantee you. I mean, the, 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 GK, but Nietzsche, would Nietzsche eat pulled pork, you think? Uh, Wasn't he a vegetarian? Uh, maybe. Uh, well, I mean, if, who if you're knows asking over there. if Nietzsche is predictable on certain things, the answer is probably no. Uh, but you know what? I bet he's very predictable on certain things. No, that's correct. It's, it's, I mean, the Europeans, I mean, what do they even eat anyway? Lettuce and... Well, he's German, so sauerkraut and uh, okay. sausage. Oh, sausage. Well, in that case, well then, Sausage yeah. and beer and right. sauerkraut. Yeah. Okay, so we could... Pretzels we could and cheese. Pretzels and we had GK... He likes some bangers and mash. Yeah, and, and, and Nietzsche. We could definitely serve... Uh, 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 Smoked sausage. Um, no, no, no. Um, why am I drawing a blank on this food? Because you're 55? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sauerbraten? No, no. Hassan uh, pepper. <laughs> crap. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. What kind of food? Oh, uh, I am so Chili sorry, soups. No, no, the, the, breaded, the breaded pork. Breaded pork. Breaded pork. Yeah, that you cook in, in a little bit of oil. You flatten it. I mean, we've eaten at German restaurants before. Oh, 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 oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Uh, it's not schnitzel. Um, yes, yes, it is. It is schnitzel? 
Spanish schnitzel. Okay. 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 What? We're not German, so how are we supposed to know this stuff? Well, but we we ate at the Schnitzelbank. Uh, Schnitzelbank uh, in in Jasper, Indiana, and that's what I had was Schweiner schnitzel. Oh, okay. I, I think I think Nietzsche would eat the Schweiner schnitzel. And, pretty, and sure, pretty sure GK would eat anything you put in front GK of him. GK would do it, and so and and uh, Twain probably would as well. Well, he, he was a world traveler, so he's so he he's, would he, yeah, he, he would try. It. Well, you know that's back also hundred over hundred years ago. People would just eat whatever you put in front of them. Yeah. You know, they weren't as picky as we were. They ate more things than we eat. So that would be quite the dinner party, and we could serve Schweinerschnitzel, and uh, I think it would be awesome. Yeah. But I interrupted you, Francis. Well, Please that's continue. quite all right. Because so we, 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 awesome yeah. pepper hole. <laughs> that's it. That sound pretty good, though. A little yellow oh, awesome pepper. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, G.K. Chesterton. Yes. Very brief, so it's not as long as your quote, that's for sure. Uh, art consists of limitation. The most beautiful part of every picture is the frame. Ooh, interesting. Art consists of limitation. The most beautiful part of every picture is the frame. See, I told you it was going to be completely different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's We've not the, done idea, this one here. the idea of seeing more than what's in front of you. Of being able to, these are the limits, but what else is there? Well, if you think about it, the human eye automatically limits everything. You know, so everything is a snapshot in some fashion for the way we humans interact with the world. Well, just physically, uh, biologically, when we look at something, we can only focus on a very small segment of what's in front of us. You know, when I look at Francis, you know, I have the, the knowledge that there is a television screen over off to my left. But if I were to try and focus on, on him and that, I could not hold the details of all of that yeah. uh, in my mind because my mind would go crazy. Multitasking is an absolute illusion, but that's another subject. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that another time. Uh, but uh, art is what we're talking about here. It's, it's, it's all about limitation. In other words, and I think about this from a writing perspective, you have to have a story to tell. You have to deliberately... Put it within a box. You know, and moving outside of the story uh, it, to include things that don't matter. Well, it breaks the story. Well, yeah, yeah. It, then it doesn't exist. It's broken. You're exactly right. Yeah. Same as the picture. You choose what to put in there. You don't expand it. You're not supposed to. It's meant to be that. Well, depending on what you're doing, you also put it this way. You choose what to take out of there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. If uh, which you know, I'm just looking at the, the picture that's yes. in there hanging above Martin's head. You know, it's it's a landscape. But it was chosen. In, in other words, limitation. This is the piece you want to convey to the viewer. It is deliberate. That's right. And he, he calls well, it limitation. But I'll, I'll, it's deliberate limitation. Well, and I think what he what he's and obviously he's talking metaphorically here. He's not talking correct uh, literal. Uh, just, just like uh, cheese, not literally cheesemakers. Any manufacturers of dairy products. Well, that's not. Uh, the frame is not so much that it's, it's a gilded frame, but the beauty in the art. Is that the artist has specifically chosen yes the limitations that you get that, that they right. are presenting? That is the the beauty of it because uh, good art mm-hmm. I think is a deliberate choice. It is uh, uh, bad art. Like you know, I always go back to Jackson Pollock. Yeah, as my proto example of the uh, uh, best example of bad art. Uh, you know, you're talking about the, he's the guy who drips the paint on the canvases from twenty feet above. Yeah, you know the first time you do that. 
that's interesting. It might even be pretty. Doesn't mean a damn thing. Well, yeah, that's... I mean, you might come up with a meaning as far as the process goes. Okay? Yeah. He's he's but, attempting to go beyond the limits. But without purpose. But without the limits, it's meaningless. Well, right. And that's, that's what Cheshire is saying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, trying to break the limits makes no sense. Right. It's like the guy who paints a canvas white and says polar bear in a... Calls it polar bear in a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. It's meaningless. Yeah, uh, or, or other than White Rabbit in the Snowstorm. White Rabbit. Uh, well, snow. that's from that's from the Netflix series Daredevil. Yes, uh, Kingpin buys that, and he can't stop staring at that that, that painting, which just it goes was, to show he's not nearly as smart and sophisticated as he thinks he is. Well, and yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a, a desire to be seen as that. Well, that's correct, yes. and that's that whole first season is kind of that's one of those meta themes that runs through that. And I just kind of as you mentioned, I'm thinking, yeah, that's kind of showing much ado about nothing. That makes me really want to watch the show because it's Vincent D'Onofrio. You betcha. Yes, absolutely. So does a fantastic job. Seeing him wade through that scene uh-huh. about that would be amazing. Well, yeah, it's not, and it's it's several scenes. I mean, he he's obsessed with it throughout that whole first season, and it's a fantastic way of getting inside his head because he's showing that the harder he tries to be conventional, the more unconventional he becomes. Well, yeah, the kingpin has always sought to be accepted. Right. You know, it was never enough for him to be the king, kingpin of crime. It's like, you know, currently in the comics, he's the mayor of New York City. Which, you know, just like Lex Luthor became president of the United States. It's, it's brilliant, absolutely. It's a really good uh, way of, of... It's a way of finding broader acceptance. Yes. Because it's an inferiority complex. He's He wants the approval of others while saying he doesn't need the approval of others. That's yeah. right. But he does. And it's wow. in the paradox... There's the power. Yes. But back to this this whole thing about the frame and the, you know, what is art and all of that. Um, the frame is the structure. I mean, you look at it in so many different ways. The frame is the structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Francis and I both know, and, and Martin, certainly you, you have been uh, right there with us as we talk about what elements make a good story for, for the things that we are writing. By the way, have you started working anymore on the story idea that... Uh, Still, here. still noodling around. Okay, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, because okay. um, we are all aspiring authors here. Yeah, aspiring I, to be published. We are all authors. Well, yeah. I, I need to. I do need to do as you advise and really get something down. Uh, uh, yes, I'm shaking my finger at him. Yes, I, thou must. Uh, uh, it don't exist until it's on paper or, or on the, a screen. I, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm internalizing the disapprobation of, of Francis here. Uh, he's absolutely right. I well, need to get this well, somehow. As TDK says, writer's right. Well, and as Joe Straczynski says, you know, or Mercedes Lackey, one or the other, uh, ideas are worthless. Everybody has those. It's the execution of what you can do with it that matters. Yeah. I need to start cobbling together the disparate ideas I absolutely. have Absolutely. And, and, and come up with something. And, and you just even can, if it's just the character outlines and where I want this thing to go, uh, I need to do that. Um just, just, uh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just start, and I, I, I do appreciate having the outlet of Martin Monday, though. That's helping me. Okay, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, dot com, folks. You know, yeah. Martin is the most faithful of the posters. Yes, yes. I, I, I don't hit every Monday, but damn close. But I, I do, I do like to get. Even if it's just something three paragraphs. Yeah, about you're not a afraid event. to do short. I don't know that I can do short. I don't think I ever have. I think mine are usually significant. Yeah. in length. And that's just and, and I don't do as many. And, and certainly, it, mine are very, very long. So, yeah, uh, 
But so so don't be afraid to be brief. Just kick it out. Get it out of yourself. I had to get this most recent one out. Uh, Francis averred oh, that no. uh, Here we go. on Her Majesty's Secret no, Service to do this online, is the oh. greatest Bond movie, and I had to smack that down. I just couldn't contain myself. I shook all weekend, uh, <laughs> waiting to waiting to put that out on Monday. Yes, you sir. had it pre-written and ready to go. And it was all were, up here. You were quite rude, sir. It was a stinker. Oh, I don't know that he was rude, but uh, he was definitely uh, blunt. It was a point-by-point refutation. I mean, I, I, I laid out definitively the failings of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. But I also put out that there are a couple of virtues, uh, chief among them Diana Rigg. Well, Luminous, good. I believe I, I termed her. Diana Rigg will, you know, take just about anything and make it better. I mean, I mean she could cool. okay. make a ham sandwich into Picasso, baby. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, she is one of the greatest uh, artists of her time. I mean, yes, she was a absolutely stunning woman in the day, but she was also a phenomenal actress. Very accomplished, uh, tremendous. I mean, actress. it still boggles my mind to translate Diana Rigg in the Avengers to Diana Rigg in Game of Thrones, the Queen of Thorns. Yes, yes, which was a meaty part, and she just absolutely was she one of the great. She was moments. so good with that, so, and, oh as she was with as, everything she as did. Many flaws as the Julius Caesar uh, that Charlton Heston was in, Jason Robards, not a good Brutus. But Diana Rigg's Portia is, whoa! Yeah, I mean, just uh, breathtaking, breathtaking. Yes, she she was truly uh, a genius at her, at her craft in a time when women were usually nothing more than uh, something pretty to look at on screen. Mm-hmm. And but, she was both. Yeah, perhaps we should uh, raise a glass since it's right at that moment. That seems like yes, you both get glasses. Well, have to break. Okay, Captain. Uh, I'm just. It just seemed logical uh, as a right moment because we did. We you know she has. It wasn't that long ago when she passed, and we did not recognize her. We should have. We we often do that, uh, and we've kind of jumped into it uh, thanks to Martin here. <laughs> but perhaps we should uh, uh, have our bourbon break. Take and, uh, back over, Captain. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> well, it seems pointless now. I mean, we're already at the bourbon break. And we're raising a glass. So, to, to well, tell us what you have. Uh, so I have uh, some of Martin's uh, Michters, uh, which uh, is a very, very fine, fine bourbon. I see you've already, yeah, snaked down the two fingers that I poured you pretty much all gone. Well, you know, so it must be it super sips smooth. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I would uh, this. I, I don't think any bourbon is a gulping bourbon. If you gulp your bourbon, you should be shot, uh, metaphorically speaking. Uh, but you know, this is such a grand sipping bourbon. You should have a finger wagged at you to the way Francis does me. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you metaphorically wagged your finger at him over the the, the James Bond. The James it Bond. was more than a finger wag, but we won't go there. Uh, I'm drinking McDo's as well. Yes. Uh, so I, I told you recently. Uh, maybe it was. It, I don't know if we if I did it at the if we talked about it on air, but when I was taking uh, Sir Bosco to the vet uh, last month, um, it was right before we went to, before we did our recordings. Uh, for the month, and um, as we're going to uh, Shively Animal Clinic, uh, which is where we take him, and uh, as we're as we're going there, we pass where Michter's ages. I presume that's just where they age. I'm sure they do yes. the uh, uh, the brewing somewhere else in the city, but uh, their Rick House is somewhere just there, you know, between Seventh Street and and Dixie, 
uh, what is it? Uh, not Warnock. Um, I forget the name of the street. I, yes, I don't recall. It's I right been, there. Been over that way in uh, a while. Yeah, I mean, you, but I know general area we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, right there, just above where all the strip joints are, right before you get to Dismas House, uh, and you know, you just go down there from there to Dixie, or from Dixie over to Seventh Street, and you'll pass it right there. And it's like, oh my gosh, I know that bourbon. That's really good bourbon. Um, and and Mictors has a, I don't know, a, a headquarters or a, a, a place to visit, uh, a part of the tour uh, on Main Street. Right. Near the uh, Fraser Museum. So, um, and the, uh, what is it, the Science Center. It's right across the street from the Science Center. Oh. Uh, so, Mictors has a place to visit. We may have to go visit. It's very smooth. Yes, I, I'm really liking this. This yeah. is this is really vaulted up there into the top five right now. Yeah, it's a uh, it it, it and it's at a price point that's higher than most that we've done. Uh, certainly not you know super high price point. No, but we generally but, can't afford those. Yeah. So, so but it's at a, about a forty eight dollar price point here locally. Right. Catch it on sale forty two. Right. This is right up there with your Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Yeah. Uh, now I don't have Double Oaked, but I am sipping on a glass of Woodford, and as we know. 200 flavor notes and all that good stuff. So, but Woodford's is, is very similar, super smooth, uh, very flavorful. A little touch of citrus here and there, a little mm-hmm. caramel. Um, I'm sure people also get lots of other things, but yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Marvelous. All right, so Robert, yeah. I think that brings us around to you, Lane. So, uh, say your quotes. <clears throat> Oh, goodness, I've already... Because, uh... you know, I, we, we have to sum up before I can go on to sum up. Okay, hold on. Let me get it back out. I, I can throw mine out while you're, while you're flipping. Yes, go ahead. Short one. Art consists of limitation. The most beautiful part of each picture of every picture is the frame. So, I am at Samuel Adams. It is a very great mistake to imagine that the object of loyalty is the authority and interest of one individual man. However dignified... By the applause or enriched by the success of popular actions. Hmm. Very good stuff, boys. Very good stuff. So, because this is also uh, uh, the month we were doing GK, uh, I too had thought, well, you know, let's do a GK quote. Okay. And, um, oh my gosh, there are so many. You know, when you, you uh, because it, it, as Martin, as you said, he wrote in aphorisms. And was prolific on And was top. prolific. Uh, and he also uh, is a great author uh, of fiction, the Father Father Brown series. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, PBS uh, did, I think they did eight or nine seasons of uh, Father Brown. And uh, I, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, he's been in just about every big thing. He was the, uh, uh, he was Ron's father in um, uh, the Harry Potter series, uh, in, the, in the movies. Uh, he's, he's been in just tons of stuff. Um, I cannot remember his name. I mean, the actor who played Father Brown? Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep talking, we'll get it. Uh, anyways, uh, so he's, he's done the Father Brown Mysteries, uh, which you know were famously, uh, or maybe not so famously, uh, copied uh, with the uh, Father Dowling Mysteries Yeah. Uh, here in the U.S. And Mark Williams. Mark Williams, thank you. Yes, yes Mark Williams. Uh, phenomenal actor, he really is. And, uh, you know, there's so much... And, you know, normally I like to come up with something that is a good summation of what you guys have um, uh, put out. And, you know, one of the ones I thought about is kind of a take on uh, the one that Francis has done. And it's almost too similar. 
so I, it, until you were going there, because I thought it really worked well with Martin's. So I, it was art like morality consists of drawing the line somewhere, uh, which you know. It, but really, that's almost too similar to what uh, what you have done. Uh, so instead, I think what I'm going to do is one of these two. So you know, I kind of do this on the fly. So as I'm I'm kind of talking my fly, my brother, fly. To, uh, to, to kind of figure this out, because I, I have a choice between uh, two. So uh, let's see. Wasn't that a 1970s uh, fly, Robin Fly? 1970s one hit wonder from, I don't even remember who that was. Well, so, kind of dead air, so pick it up, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. We can break out into song here if you wish. Uh, no, because I, I don't think any, 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 anybody I'm wants to hear that. Dancer, so. so I think I'm going to go with, um, with this one. Uh, although the other one's a really close second. Uh, so, if there were no God, there would be no atheists. Now, I like this for a lot of reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. It obviously speaks to the theological stuff. So, that, you, know, you know me, I'm all over the, yeah. the theology. Uh, but it, it speaks to a lot of things, uh, first of which I like, uh, not related to what you guys have said, so much as uh, something I've often pointed out. Uh, you know, those who are who proudly profess to be atheists and how superior they are uh, believe in a system that is purely defined by the lack of belief in somebody else's system. Yep. Which I find uh, both ironic and humorous. Uh, and also a bit uh, undercutting in their argument. Uh, so it's a, a paradox much like the limitations of art. It is. It is. But it also, because uh, it does speak to that, because you... Uh, in this way, because your belief is framed by something else entirely. Uh, only in this way, for, for the atheist, I think it's in a very bad way, because their frame, they don't recognize the, the box that they've put themselves into, yeah. uh, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, much like uh, art, it, you know, you put yourself in a box. The one, however, is good. When good art is done well, art is done well, it's good mm-hmm. art. As we said, it has a purpose and a point. Uh, it says something. And that purpose is inside the frame. And it's inside and the frame. Whereas so with an By atheist, definition. Yes. By definition. So you don't look outside the frame. There is a limit that they want you, the, the artist wants you to see. But at the same time, it also takes you beyond the frame. Uh, because it should expand your mind. Whereas mm-hmm. with the atheist, they often say, all right, we are inside this frame because we don't believe there's anything outside the frame. So there, it, it is a, it's a self-defeating limit, in my opinion. It is. That's um, good. That's very good. Uh, in, in that way. It, but it also, I think, relates, to Martin, to what you were talking about, because uh, that cult of personality is, as Francis said, it is idolatry. It is uh, a way of defining your political beliefs uh, through the adoration of a god, a small g god, that you have created in some way, uh, and yet, you, at the same time, you also create your opposition because the atheists are the ones who are against your particular idol. You are against somebody else's particular idol. Yeah. Uh, in, in many ways, it is a false construct of human hubris that you are, you're constructing this box to put yourself in opposition to those who believe You've constructed an adoration of a, of a head of state. 
and you're trying to construct something outside the limits of the art. And it's all false. It's all it's all a it's all a rabbit hole. And irrelevant. Irrelevant rabbit hole. It can be, yes. I think uh the uh I think Francis' quote about the, the, the frame being the better part of uh the art uh is the best expression of where our two quotes fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and, and you know, I don't know exactly because again we don't have any context for the quotes where we're choosing them from. Um, but at least not for me. I don't. You probably went to Goodreads just like I did. I did exactly. Well, I mean, it's, it's a great place for quotes. I knew I wanted to go to Chesterton. I found plenty, and that's where we went. So there's not always context that goes that goes with those. But you know, all three of these things speak to a failure. The, or the potential failure of human imagination. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good way to put it. The Ooh, potential I, failure I it, of yeah, human imagination. The, the artifice of hubris, but yes, the, the failure of imagination is a, also a very good one. The yes. idea that, you know, all you're seeing is this adoration of this person and think that that's the only path forward. Yes, and, and the atheist sees the lack of something else is the only, is the path, only way forward. Only path forward. Um, it's a lack of imagination that, yes, the Republic can survive without the adder, without this person. Right. Um, without Durfur uh, or without the President or without the King or yeah, whatever. Without us lowering the oceans or huge, huge, I'm, I'm huge, I'm tremendous, you know, right. that kind of stuff. It, you have to have the imagination to see that there is a future possible without those people. Right. And those well who, who look at art and, and, and misinterpret, because I think it's very easy to misinterpret uh, the, the, the Chesterton quote about the frame being the best part, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that and he may have actually meant this because modern art at the time uh, could have been, depending on when he said that, could have been at a point in time when it was going into some really crazy stuff. Still it, not as crazy it, as it, it has gotten. It would have been at the point of probably what Francis Bacon, uh, Chagall, Picasso, Cubism, certainly, Black, yeah, certainly that kind of era yeah. probably is what's influencing him. Could very well be. Now, certainly, I would look back on uh, most of that stuff, and I can still see the the, the greatness of it. Like I said, modern day art, eh, not so much. Uh, but probably everybody says that about modern day art, yeah. you know, whatever their particular model. Well, day yeah, is. I mean certainly. But you, know, you could take that, that frame and misinterpret. You could misinterpret the comment about it as meaning that it, it's all crap. But I think the mistake there is is the same mistake people make when they adore the leader and when they say that there is nothing. Uh, oh, yeah, all of this is is accidental. Uh, you know, it came yeah. out of nothing. Uh, he's got a similar quote. We're talking about how uh, uh, crazy it is to think. Uh, you know, the atheists think that uh, <clears throat> everything came out of nothing, or that God created uh, everything came out of God. I forget the exact quote, but you know, just as crazy to think everything came out of nothing that spontaneously came out of nothing. Uh, which is, you know, it's a fair fair point. You know, what's the uncaused cause? But if you misinterpret this thing about the frame, you think that that anything outside of your particular box that you have put yourself in is the problem. And that's not what GK was saying. And that's, yeah. you know, his, it, it's kind of the same, same thing here. He's saying the atheists uh, 
The best part um, of the picture can be what's in your imagination that's outside the frame. Right, because what's inside the frame should lead you out, yeah. ultimately. That's why the frame is so beautiful. It's stimulating your imagination to see the rest of the... It's asking you what if. Yeah, what else is out there? Right, what happens just this on the other side of the This beautiful pastoral edge? scene, the, the other part of it that could be out there is Godzilla is about to trample on the... Uh, you know, bucolic <laughs> cottage in the woods. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think I'm kind of reaching here a little bit. Actually, I think Francis' quote does a better job of summarizing these things. Uh, but the atheist quote here, it, you know, if there were no God, there would there would be no atheist. Uh, it really, it, it I, just, I, I think it's, a, just, it's kind of a similar way of saying the same thing that you guys have said uh, as best as I can. Uh, with this one because again uh, my quote was similar to the one that Francis uh, uh, took which you know not a problem well we both knew we were going to Chesterton because we both went to Chesterton yeah that's why I wanted to go ahead Uh, well I always go last so that's always the danger yeah I I think you did great because you're really you're making a statement hubris puts you in a box yeah it doesn't allow you to use your imagination see beyond the frame See beyond that leader you adore. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you've done great, Robert. I, I you probably summed it up better than I did. I love this episode. <laughs> I, you guys were tremendous. I just we did. I mean, we did the first twenty minutes almost on my quote, and then we still got tremendous, uh, you know, money out of out of these two quotes. I, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we always go back to the same themes, and I think that's. With these episodes, we prove the existence of those eternal questions yeah, because that's right. we we come back to them. Yeah. Uh, or as you know, we might have said in our uh, Bellerin days, those ultimate questions. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. But I feel like this one really did branch us out beyond some of our other stuff. Well, that's this, true. Yes, this really tried to different ways us. to look we at things. We need to make sure we don't always say the same things right. when we can say more. Yeah. Well. Well, what I was trying to say was it's not so much that we were saying the same thing here, but you know, we there a lot of these are just variations on the, on similar yeah. themes, yeah. even though they're not expressed the same way. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Francis and I we we spend a lot of time on uh, man's relationship with God and one another, yeah, uh, and the ramifications of that. And I often mine often come down to man's relationship with the, with other men, right? You know. Um, but I do think this, I, I love this episode already because I do think this was a step past that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I think so. I think it's well um, done guys. I think you did great. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad you do. I, I felt like that was probably one of my weaker summations, but as long as you guys are happy you with did, it, I'm happy you with did, it. You did fine. You did. Yeah. I, I'm very pleased. So. so, and we actually got through in less than an hour, uh, for our code of honor. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So <laughs> I, I think you need to take us home, brother. So, uh, Francis baby, what is next? Well, you know, we've talked about quote, two quotes from Chesterton. We're finally getting around to talking about the man himself. Uh, and towering intellect doesn't even do justice to the concept. No. And we're going to talk about him, uh, his wit, his aphorisms, his towering, towering, uh, intellect. Next episode. So be here. Standing.
Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.